What's the weather like in Cleveland? Um, kind of cloudy. Today、mm. was a really nice day. It's getting cloudy now, but overall, I mean, it was like a perfect spring day. I walked to the arena earlier for shoot around. Nice. Walked all the way back. It wasn't bad. Welcome into the Hoop Collective、uh, Monday edition. I'm Cassidy Hoppers from NYC. I'm sorry, guys, I haven't been around. It's been a minute.、Uh, a lot lately. It's been a minute. But <laughs> apology accepted, though. <laughs> oh, did you hear that sweet sound coming from the land? <laughs> That's real steel, Michelle Steele. Steel、uh, swag. Live and look, look at Han. Han with the hype man. I love it. I、um, like it. And、uh, we have Momo. Momo, are you in、um, where Oaktown? Are you? I'm in Oaktown. Okay, just making、I'm、sure. I'm one、know. of those people who who stays in Oakland. I don't. Okay, I'm not like all bougie, and I gotta be in San Francisco. <gasps> oh damn, bougie! Ooh, I gotta stay in Oakland. <laughs> Oakland's cool. Very underrated town. Yes, I hear it's on the come up too. Like、yeah. the thing, you know. But yeah, it, it, you better be show Oakland、thing. some love because you know, they're not going to have much、uh, Warriors love、uh, very soon. So two、yes. more years, that's it. Yeah, I know, I know. They're holding on.、Um, so you were there last night for that butt whooping, forty-one、uh, uh-huh. points. Like that's dumb. Ooh. That Ooh. is dumb. That should、yep. not happen. That should not happen in the NBA. That should not absolutely happen in the conference finals.、Um, but you know, we saw Magic Steph, right? I would venture to say that that game was more entertaining than the Cavs win in Game Three, though. Yes, because yes, yes. it was a decent first half. Like it was eleven、yeah. points at halftime. It was competitive, and it wasn't until Steph just went nuclear in the third quarter that this became a blowout. So it was really only like it was really only the fourth quarter that was hard to watch. But that's fine because like I'm already on to the next. We're already like everybody writing everybody writing their game stories was happy because they could start writing early. I was down on the court getting ready for the post game interview. Like, you know, like you could. Oh, I listened to you and, on the radio. I listened to you、yeah. on the radio. Wait, Steele, were you bored in Game Three in, in Cleveland? Were you bored? Yes, I was bored. <laughs> it was over in the first half, the first quarter. Yeah, no, I was. I was considering like diving back into Westworld, which、yes. had broken my brain. Episodes two and three, but I mean. It's really interesting. Like you called it a butt whooping, I just call it the conference finals. Every single game has been decided by like、yep. it feels like twenty five points. I think it's, it's gross. I think the average is actually twenty four. The closest、and、game you, has been thirteen points. South and you, it's yeah, gross. Yeah, and you just kind of wonder: Are guys? Is this a weird way? And you guys are obviously a, a lot more sort of enmeshed in the NBA than I am. But is this a way that guys are kind of? Conserving energy at this point in the postseason, and just like looking at each other and saying on to the next one, because in Game Three here,、uh, Celtics Cavs, the Celtics never made a run, which is unusual for that team. They never tried to get back into the game. It was like they they said to each other, you know what, we have the luxury of, of being up two games to one in this series, so it's on to the next one. I don't know if you guys get that vibe too, or or what, but what all the blowouts are. Just weird. 
Yeah, I mean, okay. So with the Celtics, it it, it seemed like as soon as they saw that the, the, the Cavs were hitting, they were like, all right, well, they're obviously going to get this one. So let's not exert our energy here, which like th- that's a cop out because I know for damn sure Brad Stevens was not preaching that. Um, yeah. But with the Rockets, Momo, I mean, oh, yeah. Dan Tony, like, when it went off last night calling them soft, Chris Paul just wasn't there for them. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, what, what was the feeling there in Oracle about, like, what happened? Other than, you know, Steph going just super scion. Yeah, well, so two things happened last night. Steph reemerged. He woke up and started hitting his shots. And he was who we thought he was. Okay, go That's right. <laughs> so Steph became Steph again. And the Warriors played some of the best defense we have seen in a long time. And so the Rockets just look really frustrated. Like, every single shot they had was contested. Like, they, you know, this series is really interesting to watch because I feel like I'm watching, like, when basketball reaches its logical high point, it's, it's zenith. And then there's really nowhere else for it to go. So you have the two teams who've taken offense to its logical zenith, and then you have two teams who are taking defense to its zenith, and something has to give, right? Like, and it's the Warriors just happen to be better at both of those things. Like, they both switch everything on defense, right? But which then leads you to play isolation basketball because if you're always switching, then it's just going to be one on one all the time. So, you know, I think the Rockets were hoping, like, well, if it turns into a one on one battle, we like Harden over KD. I mean, it's going to be close, but. James Harden's the best one-on-one player in the league, and maybe we can win a series like that. But that's just not really how Mike D'Antoni sees basketball. There's no then you then you turn into a team where everybody's standing around just watching James dribble, and you know also Katie is really good. Um, so it's it's kind of turned into that. Well, the Rockets switch everything also, but the the Warriors have more than one guy who can who's really good in isolation, right? Like, their four guys who can play one-on-one ball are better than the Rockets' four guys who can play one-on-one ball. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really interesting. Like And experienced. Sort of, yeah, and their experience. And, like, it's really interesting to have seen these two teams that are, like, the best in offense, the best in defense. And at some point, something has to give. And last night, everything gave for the Rockets because you're just they just look really frustrated to me. Well, here's the thing. I think this is what separates the Warriors. It's like, Let's do. all right, in that fourth really- quarter, as Michelle suggested, they just, they just rested. They were like, all right, on to the next. We got a game in two days. <laughs> right. So with KD and Harden, like you say, so you're saying that James Harden is the, the best one-on-one player in the league. You mm-hmm. can argue that, uh, you know, uh, KD is the best pure scorer in the league. Yeah. But to me, in this matchup, like they kind of cancel each other out. And I think in any matchup, it's if, if for the Warriors, Steph Curry is what makes this team unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Like Steph Curry, in in a like five minute span, can make you question. You know, like do I That's even right. play basketball well? <laughs> like he yep. he just can steal your heart and soul, and that's what you know, and that's what we saw pre KD, and what made this team you know in conversations the best team ever because there's just no answer for that. When he's right. when he is shooting out of his mind and they go on these like runs, it is just soul crushing, and and it, and and there, there's no response for it. Right. So here's what was interesting last night, and I love the Draymond Green quote where he says, you know, when Steph makes a three, it the crowd reacts to it like the crowd reacts when other people do a dunk. Yes. Like when they make a great dunk and an amazing bring down yeah. the house dunk. 
Like Steph's threes have that effect, Oracle. But <laughs> in that third quarter, like he only made three, two threes. He didn't make a lot. Right. And he scored most of his points on layups because he was driving mm-hmm. by guys. Um, and I think that's what was really impressive to me about what Steph did last night. Because usually, you know, the Curry flurries, we always talk about those, right? Yep. It was, you know, you just get it to go in and, whoa, you look up and he scored 15 points. You're like, whoa, what happened? The game's out of hand now. Um, th- it was like that, but he scored 16 of his points last night. 16 of 35 were in the restricted area, basically layups. And yeah, it's like people forgot he, he's in the co- conversation of best handles in the game with Curry. Yeah, best handle. And he got, and it was also like, that's how you know that he, he, he feels healthy. In the sense that when he wasn't when he wasn't healthy two years ago in the finals, he couldn't get by people, and he definitely couldn't finish at the rim. But you know he's still getting by everyone. He's still he's still doing his thing that way, and I think that's why the Warriors sort of feel confident going forward with him in the knee and everything else he was dealing with. But last night when he got it going, there was no excuse for the Rockets. Like where where who's 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 helping when he gets by his man? Like when you switch everything, there's not necessarily a big t- team defensive concept. That was happening for them. And I think that's where Mike D'Antoni was really frustrated because you can switch everything, but there's still got to be somebody rotating over to help. And well, there's there so- a lot of breakdowns that way. And I think, you know, like you, there was one time out where you, D'Antoni just lost his mind. Like he was just, I haven't seen him yell like that at his team in a long time. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they can fix anything, it's going to be those rotations and people not falling asleep defensively. That's what you saw a lot in game, in game one, too. I, I think Houston's going to play like the season's on the line in game four. A lot of people have been saying, you know, this, they're gonna, this is the biggest game of the series. I think it is. If, if, if Golden State wins this game four, it's going to be real hard for Houston to get back in this. With Curry playing the way that he is, though, do you guys think that this series is, is essentially over? I mean, if Curry really has refound or rediscovered, you know, his form, and he's shooting and he c- keeps shooting this way the way he was in the second half, is this series over? Oh, whoa, wait, Michelle, if, if Curry plays like that, like, we the playoffs are over. It's like the playoffs. Are over. It's a wrap. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, like not that only is this series done, this, yeah. it's about to be. It's about to be a sweep. Whatever happens in the finals, but yeah. I will. There is a little X yeah. factor because um, there was some news today from from uh, practice, right, Ramona? With yep. uh, one yep. of the Hamptons five. What's going on with uh, Iggy? Well, here was it was really interesting. So Steve Kerr does this whole media session, and Michelle, you all all three of us are pretty darn short, right? Like I. Who's shorter yeah. you or me? I'm five two. How short are you? One five um, six. I'm oh, five boy. three. Giant. I know. Oh, God. I'm the shorty. Okay, great. <laughs> I kind of lie and say I'm five two. I'm really like five one and three quarters. But okay. So when we get like the playoffs get to this stage, the media scrums around <sighs> like Steve Kerr are just. I either got to go low or it's not happening. Like, I got to right. get under the crowd, which is kind of gross, right? Because then you're at everyone's pit level, and you're like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you, you know can what? sneak I'm... behind the chairs, yeah. though, but then yeah. you're in the, all the shots. Then you're, the then you're in all the shots, but... and you're stuck. You can't leave. Like, if somebody and then else you got comes that over... Awkward... And then you got that awkward, like, asking them a question behind their back. And they're oh, like, yeah, where'd weird. you come from? <laughs> yeah. No, it's all, about, it's all about positioning early. Like, you have yeah. to be at the table before everyone else runs over. I know, like, but then that's... you miss out on opportunities to talk to other guys if you're like... Correct. Yeah. So, I don't so know. here's how this happened. So nobody asked Steve Kerr anything about Andre Iguodala in the scrum, right? And Anthony Slater, who writes for The Athletic, just kind of just, you know, cursory, good beat writer thing yeah. to do, went over to Raymond Ritter and said, hey, um, I don't, we, none of us were close enough to ask him anything, right? None of the real beat writers or anybody who was, they just didn't ask him. 
And, you know, that's like beat writer 101 is just say, hey, coach, any injuries? Anybody deal with, right. you know, anything? Right. Nobody asked. So Ray Ritter was, he's the PR guy for the Warriors. He just, the best. Anthony goes over and says, hey, uh, just, I don't, did, I don't think anyone asked Steve about, um, about Andre Iguodala. Is he okay? And Ray goes, actually, uh, I think we, he's listed as doubtful for tomorrow. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> so, it's kind of big news. Yeah, whoa, wait a minute, hold on. Um, and, uh, well, everyone's focused and, on uh, Steph yeah. Curry washing his mouth out with soap. Uh, meanwhile. Yeah, meanwhile. Uh, so then we all, you know, I went over to Ray and I was like, wait, wait, I'm sorry, what, he's doubtful? What happened? Well, you know, um, and, uh, and he said, yeah, I guess, is, you know, uh, they, they we're still updating it, and, you know, some other stuff that's going to happen. Um, he's going to get an x-ray and if that comes back clean, you know, maybe he'll be upgraded to probable, but, you know, et cetera. So I talked to a couple other people, you know, in the sourcing game. I can't say who it was, but they essentially said, yeah, he didn't feel it just it, it got swollen on him overnight. It, it didn't feel good this morning when he woke up. He didn't practice and he's getting treatment right now. So, you know, we will wait on the results of this of this um, X-ray. The people I spoke to had had some optimism that that thing was going to come back clean and he was going to be OK. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play just in the sense that, you know, you have the, the series now goes every other day. Right. So it's, it's game four and then there's an off day in game five in Houston. Game six would be the two days later. There's no there's no long breaks anymore. So if he's got a if he's got something like that where it could use in a couple extra days, I think they would be cautious with him, um, which is pretty darn big news for the Warriors. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't play in game four. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it, it is huge news. I, I but at the same time, um, if they can continue to, I just I know that as you said, the Rockets are going to play their hearts out. I just don't see them winning an Oracle. Like it's just, I, I didn't I, see it until the season opener. And yeah, but playoffs know, are a different thing. Yeah, it is. I just, I'll tell you this. Like I, I picked the Warriors in six in the series. I, I, I felt like they were going to win the whole time. Even after that game too, I never really felt like Houston was, had, had demonstrated anything sustainable. Cause it's, that was more the Warriors playing really bad. Um, but I, you know, if you don't have Iguodala and you have a pretty, they're pretty thin at the wing. They have a lot of centers who don't play anymore, um, and they don't have a lot of wing players. So now it's like going to be Kevon Looney starting probably. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Young is going to play a lot more minutes. Like Nick Young has been getting a lot of minutes. Nick Young has been getting a lot of minutes. we've been getting our fill of Nick Young. I feel like, although not so swaggy. I'm no, more swag. deep, I'm sorry, he's been pretty good on defense. Yeah, he has. He has. Um, but like he's, you know, I'm, we, he did one, he made a three and then he gave us a little dance and there was a, something going on there. But I like, you know, I, I, I had swaggy P for three years. No, now. no, like, you don't swag when, when you're on a team with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, you're, you know, you don't get any shimmy privileges. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Steph thing is a shimmy. <laughs> you know, like you don't, uh, let's not celebrate your uh, offensive outbursts when you're with arguably two of the greatest scores of, of uh, True. In, in NBA history. Let's just, you know, ease into it. You may get it. You're most likely going to get a ring. So I think maybe he's just growing up. We may be seeing, you know, uh, a more mature Swaggy P. I don't need to see that. I don't need that. <laughs> I like Swaggy P the way he was. We all grow up. We all grow up. <laughs>
So Han, um, yeah. Uh, what do you think, LeBron? What do you think LeBron's going to do? You think he stays? Um. Well, I, I definitely think he stays until the playoffs end. Okay, you know what? <laughs> do you think he stays in Cleveland? I think you know. Come July. I think I think he stays in Cleveland because, like, where's where's the better place out there for them? Like, what's what's the pitch? Well, I mean, but the, here's the thing, though. Like, he, as we're learning, it can't just be LeBron. Like, he needs to get people to come to him in order to, I, I think, want to stay there. Like, the pitch is like he's, you know, there's some there's too much baggage in Cleveland, so he needs. He, he's going to need to get more people to come there. Well, then how, how is he supposed to do? How is he supposed to get more people to come there? By ZipRecruiter, because it <laughs> learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. In fact, 80% of employees who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. So LeBron can get a brand new superstar teammate in just one day. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive. So you never miss a great match. See what I'm saying? That's what LeBron's going to do. He's going to go go on the computer, go, go to ZipRecruiter and be like, looking for all-star, top-level yes. players. Looking for super team. Yeah. And you can be a part of this next finals run. Probably going to lose to the Warriors, but... You too can come along for the ride. Superstar seeks super team in Northeast Ohio. <laughs> yes, in Northeast in, in the land. I feel like that's the right move because you know <laughs> businesses of all sizes trust <laughs> ZipRecruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. LeBron doesn't even need to spend any money. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com/slash/collective. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. You know, ZipRecruiter.com. I wasn't done. Oh. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And we all know LeBron's smart. That he doesn't have to spend money is just, that's whack. The rich get richer. They just, that, that's, <laughs> that's, that's right. the secret. It's like when you have money, you don't have to use it. Everyone just, wants to give it to you. No, because the more money he saves here, the more money he can you know, put kids through college. Why you? Why? Why do you have no soul? Why do you hate uh, kids? Um. Well, this isn't the time or place for that kind of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this just took a dark, dark hot turn. <laughs> I'm just glad we didn't have a Jordan versus LeBron conversation because I'm over that one. <laughs> You've been over it. And seen. <laughs> Shoot around like today in uh, Cleveland. 
Pretty much everybody talked the last couple of days, either practice yesterday or tomorrow. So since I used to be based in Boston, I've kind of been stapled to the Celtics um, for the the most part. But it'll be really, I I think game four in both of these series is kind of the most intriguing one of the bunch because it was such a terrible game for the Celtics. It was just bad on both ends. Um, probably the worst defensive performance, certainly since game three of the series against the Bucks. And it'll be really, really interesting to see this team, which is so young and has played so fearless, um, just round after round to see how they respond tonight. You know, the road games in particular have been really hard for these guys. I mean, it's weird. I, I don't know how much I need to explain with the Celtics because they, whenever, and plays the Cavs, nobody gets any attention. You know, they kind of suck all the oxygen out of the room. But the Celtics were such a great road team in the regular season. I think only Houston and Golden State had better records. And in the playoffs, they've just been a bad team on the road. And mm-hmm. I know it's a small sample size, but I think they've only won. They stole one in Philly, but then they've lost every other game on the road. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have home court advantage in a series, you can still pull it off, but I'm really curious, you know, how the I I really do feel that their youth youth is showing a little bit in these away games in the postseason. That was one thing that Jalen Brown told me yesterday. I was surprised actually. I asked him like, "What's different? You guys have such a good record away, and then the postseason comes, and you mm-hmm. guys are one in five. And he's like, "Everything is different. Everything. Mm. The atmosphere. People are just a lot more amped up." The pressure's on. You're playing against a team. You know, they've been up early in all of their series so far and all their rounds so far, and they just went up against teams that were more desperate, you know, and so they dropped one. Now that they know what LeBron can do, and that was one of the best dominant, most dominant defensive performances from him that I've seen in a long time, you know, are they shook or not? We'll find hmm. out tonight. Tune in to ESPN. Nice. Look at that team. Look at that team. Company girl. You call a segue. That's what you call a promo. (laughs) Boom. No, I. Now, I'm assuming people are listening to this. Like, I I don't know if they're going to. Are they going to hear that between now and 8 30? That's either way. No. Doesn't even matter. It'll it'll be tomorrow. This is a blast from the past. (laughs) Well, this is just, you know, what a game. It really was. Finally, we got a good game. That's what happened. (laughs) Um, I don't yeah, know. hopefully we get a good game. Hopefully we get a good game and not a 41-point blowout. I know this is kind of like a popular take, um, you know, over the last couple of days, but I, I, I do get the feeling that whoever wins this game is going to win the series. Because, um, I mean, I, I think a big – it will be interesting to see how uh, Brad Stevens, uh, what adjustments he makes uh, to try to free up Al Horford – um, because really he's, he's what makes that, um, that whole team click. And he, you know, yeah. they, uh, Ty Lue made some adjustments, uh, with, with Larry Nance and Tristan Thompson. So, and, you know, and George Hill is like a big X factor for this, for, for, for this team. So I don't know, let's see if they, you know, like, uh, Rachel Nichols did a great, uh, you know, monologue today on, on the jump, just about how this team is like a magic eight ball and saying like, they just kind of choose when they want to play and when they just like, look like they, you know, would rather be doing anything else. I, I think that mm-hmm. may be giving this team a little 
more credit than they deserve because I just don't think they're very good around LeBron. But I do feel like they feed off each other. They 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 feed off each other's confidence. Um, yeah, and it's all about yeah. knocking I mean, down shots. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I love my favorite moment post game was when Rachel asked LeBron, you know, why is it that you guys kind of turn it on defensively on nights like this on on game three, and then uh, other nights um, struggle to to show up. And his answer was, I don't know. And she she was like, do you, do you care to take a stab at it? And he's like, no, I just don't know. Right. And that's the thing that's been so maddening, maddening for um, Cavs fans is that this team has just been so wildly inconsistent. And now there's instability. I mean, Wendy's the best guy to read on, uh, up on um, for this team. But it's just... It's just funny. It's it, when LeBron turns it on and he has a 40 point night, sometimes they lose like they did game two and other nights. He has an amazing night and everybody's. Uh, so does it come and they win? Does it come down to him turning it on defensively? Because he's showed up offensively yeah. throughout these playoffs, except for. One. Yeah, I don't I, I think that for sure. I think that the way that the Cavs are going to win this are going to win game four and maybe win this series is that they need to, LeBron needs to be the best player in the world. Um, he needs to be super efficient and dominate on both ends. And that's it. You know, there's no, you can't have resting LeBron in this series. Um, by the way, Momo, today, yep. uh, Kevin Durant was uh, asked about, you know, was it like out of character for, for Steph Curry to, to cuss. And he uh-huh. goes, uh, he goes, uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> were you in the, were you in the scrum for that moment? I don't think he did a scrum. Who had that quote? I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I, to the I big saw a post assembled group. Uh, I, saw I think a he post just talked to a couple of reporters off to the side today because he was oh. doing a big piece with someone who I shouldn't say, but maybe works for our company. So okay. I don't know. Maybe nice. look for that in a few weeks. Um, but, but like, the, uh, I feel like I've seen Steph kind of, yeah. you know, cuss. Look, can we get more than this? Can okay, we talk about it. this? Let's, let's all talk. talk about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's... They're professional athletes mm-hmm. playing a very intense game. And as somebody who curses myself more than I probably oh, should. Gosh. Okay. Yes. Like this happens, like, especially when you're in the moment and you're emotional and you're, I mean, you should see me after I like make deadline or I pull something. Off. I mean, gosh, man, we're all sailors. Like <laughs> shit. I almost, I almost yeah. thought that he got <laughs> captured on the jumbotron like that. Like that was a real honest human emotion where he'd been like just totally taking it on the chin for the last three days. Like, hey, Steph, why do you suck? Are you sure you're not hurt? Because you suck. Like, I mean, that for three days he's had to answer those questions. Yeah, and so a he comes MVP. out. MVP. He drives by Harden. He gets this nice layup. He's going on one of his curry flurries. You know, he's doing his thing. And he, like, lets it out. All right. But, like, you know, he just happened to get caught on the Jumbotron. And everybody was like, whoa. I didn't know Steph cursed. And then, of course, Mark Mark Spears and Chris Haynes going get his tell his mom sending him a note saying, I got to wash your mouth out with soap and water. Yeah. And Clay Thompson's like, oh, I that? hope Riley didn't see that. I'm like, welcome to the world, Riley. People curse. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm with you. And you know what? If a couple curse words is what it takes for him to have turned back into magic Steph, just like, well, ah, I don't like, I don't like, I hope you have your perfect people. No, I'm I'm doing the best I can. Yeah. 
And you're gonna be you're gonna get bleeped all over the place, Cassidy. You know? I don't care. <laughs> I also read them. a story somewhere on the internet that said highly intelligent people curse more, which yeah. I'm just hanging my hat on. I, I don't know where it came Damn from, straight. but I like the way that sounds. Me too. <laughs> we need to get the camera. Need the jumbotron needs to get Brad Stevens cursing. That's when yes, we, you know, close down the internet. That would be excellent. Yeah, no, Brad Stevens has Brad Stevens gets fired up. I, you know, I had a couple Does games. He? I've had a couple games I don't this year. Know. Um, when he gets mad, he gets kind of scary. I like he's uh-huh. yeah. Uh, you don't want to. Yeah, he he. You know, he gets he gets into it. Um, in the in the huddle sometimes. Like, look, he he, he hasn't been caught. He wasn't like. You know yep. how you said uh, D'Antoni was last night, but yeah, he, he he gets emotional. There were a couple times where he's come out to do the um, you know first or third quarter interview, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> really? when am I going to get here? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's yeah, like, I'm he's- using my hand to wipe off this whiteboard. I'm not even going to use my <laughs> no. eraser today. I mean, we already know about Steve Kerr, right? Breaking the oh, clipboard and yeah. losing his mind. Yeah. And yeah. he, I mean, and he's the, he like, Steve Kerr is one of the like best humans in, in, in the game, but he, yeah. he can be quick to, and this is a man who, who got punched by Michael Jordan <laughs> because he doesn't hold his tongue. He says yeah. what he wants. Uh, that is for sure. So, um, I, I'd say keep, keep cussing. Um, Steph, I mean, I know you're a role model and, you know, the, the game is still for the kids, but I like Magic Steph. I've missed Magic Steph. Like, I feel like ever since Katie has, you know, joined this Warriors team, like, we've been deprived of Magic Steph. Cass, is is Magic Steph a a nickname that you made up, or is that, like, out there? Okay. It's just a... Because no, I just, just want to say that, that, like, it reminds me of Magic Mike, and, like, this is a totally different kind of <laughs> stuff that I, you know, I don't need to be thinking about. Huh? Well, he did do that gesture last year during the playoffs. <laughs> huh? I'm just saying. Oh. Let's just, uh, of note, you, you were the one who took it there? Um, <laughs> not three of us. Yeah. So uh, that's on record. But uh, I call him Magic Steph because he does he, he does magical things that no other player does. And you know some of the things he pulls off, it's like poof, buckets, and that's yeah. the origin of it. I don't expect it to catch on. Okay. So Han. I think I got a solution for, you know, when teams give me whack-ass seats uh, when I'm doing sideline reporting. Well, let me, let me ask this, Cassidy. Who who gives you the best seats besides the Warriors? Uh, SeatGeek! It's designed to make your <laughs> ticket buying experience easier than ever! SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. That's for sure. And then you just totally stole my thunder. I wanted to tell you, I think I'm going to just like, you know, charge it to, to Mickey and just go to SeatGeek. Because oh. every purchase is fully guaranteed. And you make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket. So I'm actually making money for the company if you think about it. I just, I want our listeners to know that the Cassidy that they see on television and in most parts of this podcast, that's the sham Cassidy. And the real Cassidy is in these reads when you're just like out in the world speaking where her responses are always ad copy. 
is what it is. Do you, do you also want want to know what I want the listeners to know? What would you like them oh, to know? That was a lot to know the listeners to know <laughs> that right now you can get twenty dollars <laughs> off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code Hoop today. That's promo code Hoop H O O P. For $20 off your first seat geek purchase, like, boom, like I said, I am making people money left and right and getting the best seats in the house. No more tripping over myself, running through the crowd to, to get into a post-game interview. I know everybody's uh, crying for me out there. Like, oh my God, it's so sad. You get to attend all these NBA games and talk to all the best players in the world. I, I do want to say, I did see you running around in, in just crazy heels when you were doing sideline in LA. And like, that's a sport. People think that, oh, yeah. that you're not an athlete. Too. No, you have to be an athlete if you're going to be running around in four inch heels. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to have, you have to have the, the, the right balance. Right. Cause, um, one, one day I'm going to be a, a, a GIF. <laughs> points points for per- correct pronunciation, by the way. Okay. Mucho points. There's We don't accept another pronunciation. That's not true. I want to say GIF, and I only said JIF just so I could tell the people that I understand that it is JIF, but it's GIF. Oh, my gosh. It's GIF. In my mind, it's GIF. Just kind of like how, like, you know, the Sears Tower in Chicago is and forever will be the Sears Tower. It's not Willis Tower. Like, wait, why is it called Willis you, Tower? Wh- what you talking about, Willis, is not is not happening. When did they change the name of the Sears Tower? Like years ago. Oh, my gosh. So exactly. My point exactly. It's effing GIF. It's always been GIF, though. <laughs> no. 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 GIF is already something. That's delicious peanut butter. <laughs> and you know what, hon? Gift this. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOOP today. That's promo code HOOP, H-O-O-P, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Yeah. Yeah, they gotta be at a game. Wait, before I you mean, go, can I ask you a question? Listen, yeah. So I am so curious about that Celtics team. I have heard I haven't been all that close to them this year. And I hear different <laughs> things about who the leader is and who the like guy in the locker room that brings them all together. First yeah, I heard yeah. it was Marcus Smart and then Marcus Morris. Al, um, then it's Marcus Morris. Like wh- you've been around him a lot. Like who's the dude? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think with most NBA teams, you could say for 90% of them, they take on the personality of whoever the best player is. Uh-huh. And on this team, it's Al Horford. And certainly, I would of the players, I would definitely name him as the guy who is um, the locker room, the, the guy that the young players definitely look to. I mean, there was shoot-around the other day where at the end, they kind of have some like lighthearted, just like shooting drills, contests, what have mm-hmm. you. And there's Al Horford, like, 
on the bench with an assistant coach just looking over film like obsessively, you know. So uh-huh. I think he sets he sets the tone, but you know what? This team has a lot of Brad Stevens. It's like a college mm. team almost. Where, mm-hmm. where You know how college teams take on the personality of the head coach? Mm-hmm. This is very similar. And when you saw all those tweets um, before the Celtics made the conference, or when they made the conference finals, all those tweets saying, like, Brad Stevens takes another mid-major to the final four. Like, it is, the vibe huh. is a little bit similar. Because not only are these guys, you know, Jason Tatum, 19, 20 years old, um, and Danny Ainge recruits players very deliberately and selectively, takes guys that he knows that Brad's going to work with well. And this team has a lot of Brad Stevens in them. They really do. Mm. So he's the guy, I would say. If it's not, if it's a non-player, it's Brad Stevens is the guy that they look to. Mm. I just think it's like, it just seems like just uh, the uh, the perfect combination. It just, you know, the, uh, those players just match. The chemistry's right. They have the right head coach. They all, you know, yeah. like the young guys. They have the, you know, the right veterans. You've got the edge with Morris and you got the, you know, like the stoic maturity with, with Al Horford. And then you got like the hunger with, with, with smart and Rogier. And then the young guys who have, you know, who are mature beyond their years with, with Brown and, and, um, Jalen or sorry, Brown and Tatum. And so I just, you know, sometimes it just works like things. Yeah. Happen. And they have the stability. They have everything that the Cavs don't, right? They have yeah. stability at the GM position. They have stability at the coach position. And they don't hate each other. <laughs> no one's sick of each other yet. Yeah. And with the, the Cavs, there is that element, you know? The core has been together for a while. And, you know, I, I, is this the last game that they all play together? Because I think if LeBron leaves, they just blow it up completely. That's not based on inside information. That's just based on just no, being yeah, yeah. on the team mm-hmm, and watching them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 intrigue that happened yesterday. So no, you could argue ever since Richard Jefferson and Channing Frye left that like there has been a feeling that like there's no one who really like there's no like real friends on that team. Like you, totally. you know, it's it's understood totally. that Jr. and LeBron are close, but I still don't feel I don't feel like. Like that, they're as close as they were a couple of years ago, but that's again speculation. Um, yeah, I mean, Wendy put it in a really funny way the other day. He was like, "When Cavs players, or when Celtics players have a bad switch and like, you know, something that gets screwed up, one will mouth to the other, my bad.' But when it happens with the Cavs, they just have this thousand mile stare, <laughs> right? And look at look at each other, other and say, "I've hated you for four years." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like a good, like a good long tea suck. Like, yeah, it just makes everything like that much <clears throat> harder. Well, it's like marriage, right? Like, you know, you have to like fight to keep things fresh, right? You have to work at it, right? Like, you just, you know, yeah. I, I see that with the Warriors all year. Like, they, I mean. You know, everybody still likes each other. They're so cool. But, like, the jokes aren't as funny. It's not right. as cool when they, like, play, you know, right, like, you know they'll right. play, like, kickball at the end of games. Like, they're not yeah. It's not the same old Warriors. Like, they do a lot of the same things. But, like, in year four, it's a little stale, you know? It's like you're after the honeymoon stage. Like, people are, you know, they all kind of do that. They have their own. Getting on each other's nerves. Yeah. yeah, getting on each other's nerves. Like, I do, I will say, they still go out to dinner together as a team. Not all, not as much as they used to, but like it still Who? happens. Who are the yeah. Warriors? The Warriors, yeah. 
I mean, well, that makes sense. The only problem with the Cavs is that, like, this has been, like, 19 different teams this year. So, yeah. I know. know. But you know what? All that matters when you're watching the game tonight or have already watched it yesterday, um, all that matters for them is are they shooting from three, and that's it. Can they get it going from three? Mm-hmm. Wait, I just loved how Jr. Did you? Got, uh, Rob Perez pointed this out worldwide. Rob, that like every time he hit a three <laughs> in in game three, it was like he was getting mad at the basket. Like, like why doesn't my shot go in every time? I mean, he kept doing that. Like, you know, why not shrug? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. I asked him after the game, like, what yeah. were you actually? Were you talking to yourself? Like, what were you saying? Yeah. And he's like, I was saying about time. Ah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll see if, uh, you know, that returns tonight. So good, good luck tonight. Um, where's your seat you. in the stands, right? Okay. So full disclosure, I used to sit out there, but I do these post game game feature pieces and it's become too late. La- I like listening to the game broadcast. Yes. So I sit alongside Paul Flannery from SB nation and Ben Winhorst in the press room. Like I, I know that room. I know room. the windy room. Did he turn the, the lights off room. still? Well, Windy, keep it dark in there. That's the one. That's the one. Windy, if you're listening, please turn the lights on. <laughs> turn the lights no, on. No, I get I don't it. Like it. I feel like I'm gonna fall asleep. Yeah, that makes sense. No, he does it like theater, like movie theater style, and like, yeah, no, I know. Hey, no, you're giving props to our game crew. We we put on a damn good broadcast, so that makes yeah, sense. They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, well, all right, guys, that's gonna do it for us and uh, the Hoop Collective. Enjoy the game, steal. Uh, enjoy Oaktown and Han. Just let magic step just kind of wash over you. Okay. Mm, right. Yeah, Han. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Paste. <laughs>